Welcome to the TSO Podcast. I'm Kathleen Kajioka from the New Classical FM. When you only have four people in a quartet, you can have a good free-for-all and it can go on for a while, but eventually you can get something resolved. You can't really do that with 96 people. That's Jonathan Crow, TSO Concertmaster, talking about the busy month ahead for the TSO Chamber Soloists. You'll hear from him later in the show. But first, the TSO welcomes superstar violinist James Annis to Roy Thompson Hall this week. He plays Elgar's Violin Concerto on June 9th, 10th, and 11th. James is in the middle of a cross-Canada tour celebrating his 40th birthday. We wanted to catch up with him about life on the road and his relationship with Elgar's work. James is on the line now with myself and my co-host, TSO Principal Bass, Jeff Beecher. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you very much. So, tell us about turning the big 4-0. How's it feeling? <laughs> well, so far, it doesn't feel too bad, you know. <laughs> I, uh, um, it is a bit of a funny feeling, you know, that I think um, in this in this job, I think you always feel like you're sort of trying to to push and establish yourself and develop relationships and, you know, maintain your career. And um, I think psychologically, turning 40 was actually kind of nice because it gave me sort of a number to, um, to give me some perspective. You know, I, I got thinking instead of like, I mean, you always you always want to be at your best and 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 try to you know impress the, the uh, upon the people how much the music means to you and all that. But but you can also say you know what I think I've been playing with the Toronto Symphony for twenty years. You know you start thinking about things like that and um, and uh, yeah, it feels nice. It feels nice to have that uh, kind of perspective. So you've given yourself the birthday present of touring across Canada, James. What are some of the highlights for you so far? Oh man, the whole thing has been just amazing um the entire sort of western portion of the tour that uh, that we did earlier in the month between vancouver and winnipeg uh we did by car so it was me and my my wonderful pianist andrew armstrong and my wife and my kids and that was an amazing way to see the country develop you know i i have the opportunity to pop into cities all the time and and we have wonderful cities in Canada, but in a way, cities are kind of all the same, right? <laughs> you know, you go to a hotel room, you go to a hall, and you eat at the same chains of restaurants. And to uh, to be able to drive and see the transition from the coast to the prairies was uh, outstanding. And then uh, we spent some time up in the Northwest Territories and in Nunavut, and that's always a treat because... Um, they're just so so different from other places. Uh, there's some real highlights in Yellowknife, you know, a camping trip out in the wilderness and bow ride out on Great Slave Lake. So there have been uh, too many highlights to count. So James, you'll be playing the Elgar Concerto with the TSO this week, a uh, piece that's sort of uh, recently coming strongly back in the violin repertoire. What's what's special about it for you? Well, I love the piece. It's, it's a piece that I didn't know until I was... I'd say well into my 20s. You know, it's one of those pieces that, it's interesting you say that it seems like it's coming back a little bit more into the repertoire. I would have to agree with that. And it has always had a really strong foothold in the uh, British musical scene. It's a piece that's very, very important to their musical culture. But it seemed when I was growing up that it was a little bit of a, a fringe piece, you know, almost a little bit of a curiosity in North America. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's so it's so massive. It's... it's uh, it's so ambitious, I would say, musically. You know, it, it is kind of a world to itself. And um, the the real, for me, the real kind of discovery of that piece was kind of a, a turning point in my life because it, uh, it has become just an incredibly important part of my life, and I have the good fortune of getting to play it 
a fair amount, which is um, which is great because it's <laughs> it's so difficult and there's there's so much um, to it that I think it's the type of piece that you would want to keep active. You know, you wouldn't want to put it down for six, seven years and have to bring it back uh, back into shape because it really is just such a, a world to itself. Right. So technically speaking, it's very difficult. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's difficult in a lot of ways. I mean, Elgar was um, a violinist himself, and uh, he was, a, I guess it's fair to say, a frustrated violinist. He was um, good enough to know what was in theory possible, but not good enough himself to realize his own uh, ambitions. So I think he put his entire life into into this concerto. And uh, in a technical way, it, it kind of has every, It's it's almost like a, like a dictionary of all the things that are hard to do on Amazing. the violin, but that, but that's really completely beside the point. So it's like it's not just difficult to play, but what becomes difficult is to play it in such a way that all of that is completely at the service of the music. And music is so um, emotional and runs such a, a range. And uh, also the pacing of the piece, it's, it's very, um, it's long. <laughs> and the violin plays a lot. It's the type of thing that you, um, you almost want to be in training for it before <laughs> you play it, because it, it, uh, it, there is a serious danger if you're not really in, in great shape that uh, you'll run out of steam in that last movement. And in a way, the last movement um, is kind of the emotional core of the piece. And if you, if your attention flags at that point, then the whole point is lost. You mentioned that it's 20 years now since you've been playing with the TSO. Do you have any favorite memories of those years? Oh, I've got a lot, a lot of favorite memories. I mean, certainly some, some great musical experiences, um, you know, playing with wonderful conductors, uh, people that have become great friends of mine. I mean, of course, the, this wonderful relationship I've had with Peter and Jen, uh, that's been a very special thing in my life. Um, the, the, going on a couple of tours with the TSO was amazing. Uh, going to, to Florida and going to Europe pretty recently. It's uh, an orchestra I've got really fond feelings for both musically and um, socially and emotionally. So it's always a, a very special thing for me to, uh, to play with the TSO. It means a lot to me. Oh, we can't wait to have you back. Yeah, it's going to be great to play with you again, James. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm looking forward. That was violinist James Ennis. He joins the TSO this week playing the Algar Violin Concerto. You're listening to the TSO Podcast. Stay with us. In addition to being the concertmaster of the TSO, Jonathan Crow curates and hosts the TSO Chamber Soloists. They're very busy this month with performances at the Art Gallery Ontario and the Luminato Festival. Jeff went backstage to find out what's coming up for the Chamber Soloists. Take a listen. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. So what can we expect from the TSO Chamber Soloists this month? So this month we have a very exciting project that we are putting together. It's a performance, actually three performances of Stravinsky's L'Histoire du Soldat. Um, two of them will actually be with narrator, with Derek Boys from Soul Pepper, who's going to be wonderful. He plays all three parts, and I have no idea how he's going to do that, so I'm actually excited to learn something. What are for you some of the differences between performing with the TSO in the symphonic repertoire and then with the chamber soloist as a chamber musician? 
You know, one of the reasons that we're starting this chamber music series is that I, I don't really feel that there are that many differences. I mean, obviously, when you play symphonies, there's a conductor. Obviously, you can see somebody, uh, somebody up there waving his or her arms around, and you follow that. But the idea when we play in, in orchestra or in the symphony, we're supposed to be listening to each other all the time. We're supposed to be listening to our colleagues, adjusting, you know, responding to very small details of timing and sound. And these are all skills that we learn in chamber music. And as a kid, I remember I, I played string quartets since the age of 10. And this is what my teachers were always saying, like, you got to listen to each other. you got to learn to follow. you got to learn to adjust. And then you get to orchestra, and you just have to do that on a larger scale. I would say rehearsals are a little bit different. When you only have four people in a quartet, you can have a good free-for-all, and it can go on for a while, but eventually you can get something resolved. You can't really do that with 96 people, so a conductor really needs to be a good traffic cop in a way and make sure the rehearsals run efficiently and that things are taken care of. And at the end of the day, when you have 96 people, one person has to make the final decision. That's going to be the conductor. So you mentioned uh, the chamber solos will be performing Stravinsky's L'Histoire de Soldat. The violin plays a real integral part in that story. Can you tell us a little bit about what the fiddle does? Yeah, well, the the tale, the soldier's tale is a very kind of standard, you know, sell your soul to the devil sort of thing and regret it ever after story. So basically, the violin is owned by a soldier and it represents his soul. And he he's in a way a little bit tricked by the devil into giving it up for all the kinds of riches and happiness and all this stuff. And of course, it, it doesn't go well. These things never do go well. So he spends a lot of the time trying to get it back and then finally does get it back by tricking the devil himself by by losing all of his money back to the devil in a card game and suddenly with the devil's money returned he's allowed to have his violin back or his soul but at the end he makes another mistake and then his wife is lost and it, it doesn't end happily of course and actually it ends with a big kind of confrontation uh, between the violin and percussion this kind of represents the the triumph of the devil and it's kind of fun because I get to play very devilishly and make scratchy sounds all kinds of things that I've been trying to avoid since I was six but finally finally I'm allowed to kind of you know let my true true nature out I guess and yeah, <laughs> awesome so your inner child comes out at the very end in L'Histoire so what can we look forward to uh, from the Chamber Solos next season Next season, we have four more pre-concerts. We're really excited to start the season with Nielsen's Woodwind Quintet. And those of you who have followed the, the Chamber Solos will remember that we had the Nielsen Quintet actually to open the entire thing a couple of years back. But Sarah Jeffrey, unfortunately, was ill, and we changed the program. So we're excited to put that back in um, to give our wonderful wind principals a chance to play this fantastic piece. After that, we will be doing a Tchaikovsky Serenade for Strings as part of an all-Tchaikovsky program in December. Um, as part of our Mozart Festival, we're going to do some Mozart chamber music, a two-viola quintet by Mozart, of course, which will be a lot of fun. And then we finish with something to celebrate Canada as part of the sesquicentennial celebration. We're going to put together a little kind of program of, of wonderful Canadian chamber music. So, Jonathan, you mentioned we're playing L'Histoire de Soldat before one of the concerts on June 11th, but we also have the opportunity to play it at the Art Gallery of Ontario. Is that right? Yeah, that's going to be really fun. We're doing it on the 12th at 3 o'clock in Walker Court, and that will be again with Derek Boys narrating. So it's a, a little bit more of a entertaining thing for families and stuff if you want to come to that. And then as part of Luminato, actually, we do it on June the 18th at the, well, everything Luminato is at the Hearn, I think, this year. But it's exciting for us, a little bit of an alternative space, um, something kind of uh, a little bit different than Roy Thompson Hall. So it'll be fun for us to get out to a different place. Well, that sounds great, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. 
That brings us to the end of this week's TSO podcast. Don't forget, you can be in touch with the TSO at any time. Send an email to community at tso.ca or leave a note on our Facebook or Twitter pages. For more music and stories from the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, join us on Sunday night with the TSO. That's every Sunday at 8pm on the new Classical FM. I'm Kathleen Kajioka. Join us next Monday for another episode of the TSO podcast.